The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Let's go to the text box. Hour number three is powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Vaultville says, think Lane will land Arch? No. I don't think Arch Manning will be going to Ole Miss. He's going to Alabama or Georgia. Yep, I'll put my money, I'll probably put my money on Alabama. But Who would we rather see Arch go to, Alabama or Georgia? I don't have an answer. I don't know. I ain't gonna be heartbroken like that though, because that's that's not Peyton's son. And it's just another like, Manning. Peyton's the only one out of the whole family that went elsewhere. When I was also more so asking, all of them have Ole Miss ties. Because he's, I was also more so asking because he is supposed to be the next Trevor Lawrence in in terms of like ranking and being the 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 next big time quarterback to come out of high school. It just stinks that the next big-time quarterback to come out of high school is probably going to Georgia or Alabama. Yeah, he'd be crazy to go to Georgia. But who knows, man. And money shouldn't really move them. They should go to a place where he's able to compete for a championship and he's going to be developed and he's going to have good players around him. That's what I would think that he'd want to go, but we'll see. Always Vol says crazy to think that Auburn would have been possibly better to have kept Kevin Steele and made him the head coach. Oh, I guarantee you they'd be a better spot if Kevin Steele was the head coach. There was a there was some some traction with some coaches on that staff, with some boosters to make Kevin Steele the head coach, but it didn't 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 happen. But Kevin Steele would have been better than Brian uh, Brian Harson. Yep. Vaughville said this this that is why Lane would never get a, a shot at a top program. His antics are cute and funny at Ole Miss. At Bama or LSU, that stuff would get to be obnoxious. Fair. Fair. Chipane says Tennessee wouldn't have to do that at their uh extra point if they were playing on CBS every Saturday because those TV timeouts are thirty minutes long, it seems. <laughs> <sighs> Not only would Lane steal your wallet and then return it, he would tweet a story about helping you find it and then call a reporter. <laughs> uh, if Arch goes to Bama, would we take Ty Simpson transfer? Um, what do you think? If you are good and you can help Tennessee, then we are taking your transfer. I think. Cashville says Arch to Bama so we can land Nico, who, in my opinion, is better. Why? Why what? Why and how is Nico better? I don't know, man. You the recruiting guy. I'm not a quarterback guy. I I don't know the difference between the two. I well, I can't. I, I'm. I think Nico. I, I don't think, evaluate film like that. 
I think Nico, Tennessee has a better chance with Nico. I think Nico uh, fits into the offense. I'm not saying that Arch doesn't or anything like that. But Tennessee really likes Nico. Like, really, really likes Nico. We're going all in for, for Nico. And there's a lot of mutual interest. There's some Tennessee ties there that will uh, be a part of, of his commu- uh, of, of his recruitment. Um, I don't know which one is, is better. I haven't seen both of them play a full game. I know both are really, really good, but you can only get one. And so you got to figure out who is best for you. And right now, for Tennessee, they feel like Nico is. Well, I also think Arch is making that decision for them. Possibly. He's, it doesn't seem like he's ever given Tennessee any consideration. Possibly. So, I'm just curious as as to why that feeling is felt. Is it because Tennessee has a realistic shot at Nico and 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 not at Arch? So we're I, talking ourselves into it. I like I like I like Nico's ability to run. I mean, Arch is mobile. Yeah, but he ain't running like Nico. That's fine. He's mobile. So, I mean, if you want to just try to decide which one is better, if they both throw the ball very, very well, and one is a little bit more mobile, then the edge is going to go to Nico until they get to college and actually prove who is better. Because that's when it matters the most, when they get to college and actually play in the game. That's when we'll know. Hard to know right now, honestly. I also think there's something to be said about uh – Arch being higher on Alabama's board than Nico. Yeah, I've, I don't, I don't pers- I don't personally know. Maybe, maybe, you know, that, that's that's you speaking from uh, some intel. I don't no, know which is my perception. Yeah, I don't know which one, which guy is actually higher. It it just seems like Nick Saban is all in on on getting Arch right now. Going going to his basketball game with the entire offensive staff and he is and and things like like that it just makes it seem like he is higher on the board. The, the at the end of the day, both are terrific quarterback prospects and should both have great college careers. And I I, I was about to say that I guess it would be better for for Tennessee's pursuit of Nico for Arch to go to Alabama, but Nico has also been quoted as of late saying that he wants to get to Georgia at one point and, and that Alabama, Georgia, and, and Tennessee are kind of the, the top three standing out the most right now. And, and the only thing that really separates Tennessee and Alabama from Georgia is the fact that he just has not been able to get to Georgia's campus just just yet. So I, I, wish, <laughs> I wish I could have finish that sentence of, well, Arch going to, to Bama would help Tennessee's pursuit of, of Nico, but that just may mean that if, if that were to happen, that Georgia would turn up the heat on Nico. I think I think him going to uh, – Arch going to Bama helps helps Tennessee pursuit of Nico. Um, I, think, I think Nico more than likely will play football in the South. I think there is a, um, another school that could be in play. We'll just see what happens, and that's Ohio State. But I think Nico loves the idea of playing in the SEC. Sure been tweeting about Oregon a lot the last couple of days since his visit over the weekend. They'll show him love. And he, he has said that his family wants him to stay home. But I also 
I think he was more so referencing like extended family, not mom and dad. I, I think he was referencing kind of grandparents and again extended family. It's gonna be. Um, I'm kind of surprised he's not, not giving USC more of a look. Maybe he will end up giving them more of a look. They got a commitment from a, um, a quarterback already in his class. Yeah, but but still, I mean Lincoln Riley there and breadth of fresh air and in his own backyard. Maybe he don't want to be surprising. in California. Yeah, maybe so. Just never know. Something that uh, Malachi Nelson. The number two overall player in the 2023 class, and he is from California. He is number one player in the state, number two quarterback in the entire class, but he is already committed to USC, Malachi Nelson. So I'm really interested to see where all these quarterbacks go. Obviously, they play the premier position. Arch Manning will always be in the news because of his last name. Nico, very, very talented. Tennessee. Obviously, would love to have him, but uh, going to be a, a real fight for for Tennessee to to get him. And all hands on deck, man. That that's that's right. All hands on deck, going up against teams of won the last two national championships. So, uh, and and then even I mean the other guys that they're looking at, Christopher Vizina, who was here a couple weeks ago that we discussed, seems like he's trending towards Clemson after being there this weekend and. Got Dante Moore, the kid from up in Detroit, but I mean, he just hasn't been back to Tennessee's campus since last summer, so he just needs to, to come on down here and get back on campus for a visit. I'm, I'm just, I'm always fascinated to see where where the quarterbacks end up. Ahod, sorry, what? Ahod, huh? A H O D. All hands on deck, man. <laughs> All hands on deck. For Nico. Ahod. Ahod, baby. All hands on deck, please. Don't start that message board stuff just because I said that. It's gonna take all hands on deck for any player like 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 Nico's caliber. It's been all hands on deck for some players in this class. So but Tennessee's gonna be they'll be a finalist for for Nico. Pretty confident when I say that. Hour three, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. Iris Network's hotline. Stay with us. Hour three of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to atfcu.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 
42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at swainevent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do, though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. Six five two hundred fifty five zero three. Now, if the Buffalo Bills would have won their game against Kansas City and been in the Super Bowl, beating the Bengals, we're still the same predicament. Oh, and by the way, I felt the same way this week about the overtime rules. As we were going to overtime, as I did last week, like I told you last Monday, if the Bengals and Chiefs go to the go to to overtime, I'm going to feel the same exact way. They both got the ball, so you feel yeah. okay? No, I just I just want it to be built into the rules that each team touches the ball. Yeah, I, mean, I I understand that. I would like to see that change moving forward. I just wanted to to remind you that I wasn't being emotional last week. That I felt the same way, and if the Super Bowl goes to overtime, I'm going to feel the same way. I, I would I would hate for the Super Bowl to end where the f- team that scores touchdown after winning coin toss. I would I would hate that. But 
I'll be like, hey, defense, man, you got to you gotta make a stop, too. Yep. I mean, it ain't just – this ain't seven on seven. Yep. This ain't just the offensive game. Football is played on 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 both sides no and on special teams. So just like uh, on on Sunday, kudos to the Bengals for coming up with that interception. Yep. To stop the, the Chiefs, if, if the Bills would have done that, then they'd be – I think they'd be playing in the Super Bowl. So I, I completely understand that. I just – I do lean towards just prefer that both teams be be written into the rules that they can touch the ball. I'll take it a step further, and then I'll, then I'll finish my, um, my my deal on on the on the Buffalo Bills. But like, you get a stop, a three and out, or let's say you give up one first down, and then you get a stop. Your field position is better after getting the punt than it would be getting the ball first, a kickoff. Mm-hmm. So that's one way to look at it too, because the Bills were. You know, in great position at that interception, and then hit a couple plays, and boom, they were in field goal range, and then the game was over. So, there's a couple ways to think about it. I don't disagree with you moving forward. I, I would like to see the overall time rules adjusted there so both teams get the ball, but the Buffalo Bills should stop somebody. For sure. Um, Buffalo Bills looks like are interviewing. T. Martin for the offensive coordinator job. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about that, to be honest. T, you know, T. Last time being a coordinator was at USC, and there were still uh, conflicting reports about who really called plays there uh, at USC. So Buffalo, I hope he gets that opportunity. You got a wonderful quarterback, but if he gets that job, you know he's going to be he's going to be compared to Brian Dayball and. Man, um, that was going to be tough because you know, T has not been a coordinator in the NFL. You have a Buffalo Bills organization that is like right there on the cusp. Mm-hmm. We're talking like a play here or there from going to the Super Bowl. They've run into Mahomes. Yeah, and that offense is top five. The defense is top five. And any drop-off, the fingers will point at the new coordinator or the new coach. Yep. So I do think that they – could get better offensively. They they don't run the ball well. No. They 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 could I mean if they could add a running game to complement Josh Allen, that that would be huge. They it seems like they have the offensive line, they just they don't have the back. Well, you that's GM's responsibility yes, as a coach. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. But to, uh, to address that with free agency and then draft. Yes. I, I was surprised to, to see these reports yesterday that T. Martin was in the running for the Bills OC job and that he would be interviewing for the job. Obviously thrilled for him personally because he, he's a Vol and we want Vols to, to do well. But it, it is surprising. I, I was pretty shocked, that, uh, to be honest with you, just because uh, his, his time in, in Tennessee did, did not go all that great, unfortunately. Uh, not like the the Ravens receivers looked any different this year than they had in the past, and and like you mentioned, there were there's still re- conflicting reports about whether he actually called plays when he was at USC. I think the NFL they interview a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at so I was watching the the Bears press conference yesterday when they introduced the GM and head coach. Oh, I'm sorry, it was terrible, but they interviewed like 10 coaches, 
And the NFL, they're very public about the interview process. I mean, they're not hiding it like college because, you know, ADs don't want to look bad because uh, you get told no. That may they may affect recruiting and perception and all that stuff. So I understand that it's different in pros. Like, they go and tell you, hey, we just conducted our interview with, you know, Rich Basaccia. We just conducted our interview with um, Gerard Mayo. So, I mean, so you get that transparency. And there's just a lot of guys that get opportunities to interview. That, that's I'm not just saying that because T. Martin's getting an interview. I'm not trying to downplay him getting an opportunity, being talked to. But that's just something that I, I noticed when I saw the transparency, you know, with these teams telling everyone who they're who they're interviewing. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people getting an opportunity to, to get in front of the decision makers and kind of state their case. And that's good. That's good for guys like T. Martin. That's good for you know all these all these coaches. Um, getting opportunities and, and, and gaining experience interviewing. It may be bad for a guy like Eric beating me because he's interviewing, 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 and still hasn't, hasn't gotten a job. It's starting to look like it's either some type of conspiracy against him or he's got skeletons. Maybe, maybe he's got something that's, that's, that scares these decision makers away. So anyways, my, my, um, my hope is that T. Martin gets the gig and tears it up in the NFL. Uh, we we shall see uh, what happens. Um, Bet MGM has their early Heisman Trophy odds. <laughs> Hendon Hooker's has like a twenty eighth best odds. I think I count that. I counted that correctly during the break. Uh, I was doing it. How to count to 28? As, as, I was doing it as fast as I could, man. Let's see. Mm, 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 mm. All right, I lost, I lost my place. We'll take your word for it. Um, but the place doesn't even matter. It's who is in front of him. Yeah, because when, when you think of like the, the grand scheme of things, like 28 out of a billion college football players isn't that – it's really good, but I just I just have questions guys in front of them. It's just it just if I'm hindered, man, I take this you know motivation as motivation. Don't tell me Will Levis is in front of him. Will Levis ah. has the same odds ah. at plus eight thousand, but the people who are in front of him, Bo Nix, I mean Max Johnson. Max Johnson. Max Johnson, the transfer quarterback from LSU who is now at Texas A&M. Anthony Richardson, Florida. Now, I understand why Sam Hartman from Wake Forest is in front of him. Totally get it. Uh, Jackson Smith, uh, Jigma. Ohio State receiver. Ohio State receiver. He's going to have a he's gonna he, ball out. He's going to win the Blitnikoff. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, that makes no, sense. Not Cedric Tillman's going to win the Blitnikoff. How dare you? How dare you? Tank Bisbee, Auburn. I get why he's in front. I get why Braylon Allen, running back from Wisconsin. Quinn Ewers? Really? Yeah, why is he in front? Plus 4,000 odds? He ain't even busted a grape yet. Keaton Slovis, Pittsburgh? I mean, Keaton looked good at you. Tyler Van Dyke? Kenny Pickett balled out this year. Tyler Van Dyke? Who is that? 
quarterback at Miami? Oh, yeah, that's right. Who, what is who this? that? Who's that, Andy, Andy's grandson or something? What is this? Which Andy? Dylan Gabriel? What is going on here? Dylan Gabriel? He's going to put up numbers. Spencer Rattler. What are we doing? Trayvon Henderson, uh, running back of Ohio State. We understand. The kid's a baller. Will Anderson, linebacker, Alabama. Should have been there this year. We understand. Jackson Dart. Now he's at Ole Miss. Why is he plus 3,000 this high? JT Daniels, Georgia. Almost cut. He's going to be the backup. He might not even be at Georgia. He's in the portal right now. DJ Uwe Ungale. Oh, Lord bless. Plus 2,000. B. John Robinson running back at Texas. They put yeah. DJ Uwe. What is DJ Uwe Ungale? How many people are in front of him? Just four. <laughs> Fifth best odds. <clears throat> I, mean, I, I mean, part of this is this site trying to entice people. To, to put money down and, and essentially lose money. Like Jackson Dart, they're doing that because people are going to put money on him because of Lane Kiffin. And, and a lot of people are going to lose money. Spencer Rattler, they put him high because of his name. Hey, Amen. That, 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 that is part of, of what are we discussing. But still, Hendon should be higher than, than some of these guys. Uh, B. John Robinson, running back in Texas. He's the best running back in the country. He plus... 1500, you understand that. Caleb Williams, third best odds at plus 900. I mean, could certainly see him winning the Heisman. Yeah, I mean. But DJ Uyunglele, like four people ahead of him, like he's only there because he's at Clemson. CJ Stroud at Ohio State, he would be my favorite right now. Over Bryce? Over the Heisman winner? Yeah. The favorite over the Heisman? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. Bryce, Bryce losing those receivers, man. Nah, that's fine. They got others, and, nah, that's, and that's then fine. they go get transfers. That's fine, but 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 Trout lost like his team lost to Michigan. That hurt him. But the numbers he put up in that game in the Rose Bowl, <laughs> uh, yeah, that ain't gonna help him win next year's Heisman. Okay, Rose Bowl performance. Okay, just wait till Bryce wins it again. I'll let you. I'll let you cheer and root for Bryce Young when I'm the husband. No, I just think it's weird. It's just not weird, but just funny that look. Uh, C.J. Stroud being the favorite over Bryce Young to me, he is. I mean, I, you're not the only person who feels that way, and I don't. I don't blame anybody for for feeling that way. I'm just picking at you. I just think it's hilarious that in in college football right now we have a, a guy who some view as the Heisman favorite over the guy who just won the Heisman. I, I, it's pretty crazy because we know what the Heisman is about. It's about like, it's more than just your performance. You better have some players around you, too. And Alabama has some dang great receivers around, you know, Bryce Young to help him. He was great. He was accurate. Don't get me wrong. Perform big and big moments at Auburn game. Don't I understand that. But he also had first-round guys on the offensive line, um, first-round wide receivers, and that plays a part into it. So I just think... Uh, C.J. Stroud has weapons that were displayed in the Rose Bowl when you had two receivers 
who decided to opt out. And Stroud was, it was like seven on seven for him. So, and that was against a good Utah, Utah defense there in the Rose Bowl. So, uh, I, I would be surprised if Stroud's not in, in, in New York next year. But, I mean, if I was putting money on some futures, I would, I would, I would drop some on C.J. Stroud. Because he's going to have weapons, and it's not like he's playing against Georgia every weekend. I mean, he's playing against the, the Big Ten, and the Michigan game is what really, really hurt him. 865-255-03. All right, let's go to the phones. Turkey Man. Turkey Man, what's up? Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning, Turkey Man. Hey, uh, I was wondering, you talking about the Heisman. Uh, early Heisman uh, predictions. Where's that uh, that walk on from Georgia? Where's he ranked? Walk on Stetson Bennett. Yeah, uh, he not he. I ain't seen him on this list. I'm kind of surprised that you didn't name him. Man, if he was on the list, I would have named him. Let's see. I'm not saying it's your fault. I'm just no. saying I'm surprised he, he's not on the list. He's not, what I'm saying I mean, he's not even, which is which is crazy. He should be on this list. I mean, he should be. Top five, top ten, quite frankly. Yeah, he should he should definitely be top ten. <clears throat> so uh, are we not having uh, the uh uh nana pudding and and uh ribs uh no and breakfast at uh dead end barbecue and, and stargaze this year? No, Sunday is tomorrow, so no. Mm-mm. Okay. Well I'm gonna check her and see, make sure on that. No nah, man, no, no, ain't no commercials, no promotion, no talk of doing Sunday uh, this year. I, I, I did mention it a couple weeks ago, um, briefly that you know, we were not going to do it uh, this year, and um, you know, staffing and yeah, I, COVID I, I, I stuff. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I so got, I didn't make sure on it. Now, uh, I hear Ben. Yes, what sir. What is a stargazer? Somebody who I mean, only. I, I, cares what the recruiting rankings say. Okay, so you work for a company that does that, don't you? Uh, I work for a website that is associated with a company that does recruiting rankings, but we at VolQuest have nothing to do with the recruiting rankings. No, we just rank them, don't you? Uh, no, we at VolQuest do not rank players. Rivals does, but VolQuest does not. Okay. Well, I know that... Uh, I know that when I watched that championship game between uh, Georgia and, and uh, Alabama, I, I was stargazing all over the field. That's five-star, five-star, four-star, five-star all over the place. Yeah, I'm not saying that re- re- recruiting rankings don't matter. Um, my my point is the, the gentleman that committed yesterday to Tennessee, if – for somebody who, who only cares about the recruiting rankings and how many stars a kid has, they're, they're going to see that he has three stars and that he picked Tennessee over Kentucky and Vanderbilt and assume that he's not a very good pickup for Tennessee. And that's that's not the case. It is a good pickup for Tennessee because Aiden Bustle is a good football player. I, my point is that the recruiting rankings, the stars next to a kid's name, is not the end-all, be-all. And there are people who only pay attention to the stars and base their opinion off of how many stars are, are next to a, a kid's name, which is why I call them stargazers. 
Well, I know, I know that if we want to be back, yeah, as you know, where we need to be, and I know when in the nineties and and when uh, Swain was playing there, we had we had uh, five star and four star all over the field, and uh, that was one reason that we was able to beat. And I also know that Pat Summit made it real clear that it's hard to win championships uh, if you didn't have the she called them thoroughbreds. I think is what she called them. Yeah, but you don't need you don't need some website to tell you and validate your your recruiting and your evaluation. You don't need somebody else who's not in the building, who's not watching film with you, to tell you that you should take a player. So that's that's the point. Yes, there are you got to have good players, but the star system doesn't tell you that they're good. You can watch the film and tell yourself that they're good. You know these recruiting sites were not born. Turkey man until the early 2000s. So what did Tennessee, how was Tennessee able to function and get good players before the recruiting service? You know what they did? They watched the film. They evaluated. That's that's what you do. And, um, and it approves if you're right or wrong every, when you start playing those those guys. And every one of those players uh, that that we went after, that we got, the coaches got, they was also, uh, uh, every, every one of them was competing against the the Nebraskas and the uh, Miamis and the, at that time, and, and of course the Alabama. And you got to win those battles. Yep, you got to win those and battles against your competitors. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 where you got win. And so, yes, I understand what you're saying, but I also understand when you 99 percent of the time you're going to be playing the Floridas and the and the Alabamas and the Georgias if you're not beating out them. Uh, on a pretty consistent basis, players that they want, then you uh, you lose. You know, I mean, it just is what it is. You ain't I doing mean, it this it, year, Turkey Man. There's there's levels. I mean, and there's stages. And you know, to you're right. Like you got to beat. You got to beat those schools in recruiting. You got to win some of those battles. You're not going to win all of them. I think there's more parity now in recruiting than 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 ever. Um, so not everyone is going to, to one school or two schools. I mean, you can go uh, to different schools for different reasons and, and achieve what you want to achieve. But you are correct that you have to beat some of those guys out. But at the same time, you are not going to win if you let the recruiting rankings tell you who you should sign because you have a different uh, philosophy offensively and defensively. There's guys that, that Georgia take that Alabama don't take. There's guys Ohio State takes that Clemson doesn't take. Um, you can't just rely on the recruiting services to do your work for you. You have to do your own. Well, I, I appreciate that. And also, I'm, I'm, I've been watching South Carolina a little bit, and I'm thinking uh, they're going to be a problem child this year. Uh, not that I'm really excited about their coach. I think he's a nut. But uh, – uh, the what they're getting wise, uh, uh, star wise, and, and uh, talent wise, that a lot of people are wanting players that they're getting, and uh, so I think uh, they're going to be the one we need to be concerned about because we've had their number, and uh, we've that's one that we got to we got to continue winning over. Yeah, I'll get out of here, guys. I'll talk to you later. God bless. You. Hey, thank you, Turkey Man. You got to beat South Carolina. No, no, no doubt about it. Um, but to, uh, to concern, nah. Not concerned, but no. 
you are recruiting against every team in the SEC. You are paying attention to every team in the SEC. You see what South Carolina is doing. They're not in the same position as you as far as numbers. They can go out and get more players. Um, we knew they were going to be better at quarterback because you couldn't get any worse at quarterback. So, um, not worried? No, not not worried. Tennessee has good staff, good players, and you beat them, beat the brakes off of them. So, not concerned, but you're not treating them as an automatic win either. Like no, you, and you, they, they respect them and value them. They're getting stars, but they're getting stars for for players and transfers that Tennessee elected to to not pursue. So we'll see who was right on the evaluation two, three, four years down the road from now. Yeah, like I, I, I'm, I'm with Turkey Man on beating out the Bamas and the Georgias for recruits. I just don't know if Turkey Man understands that that's not about to happen a lot right now. Nor and, was it what we were talking about. Yeah, so there's levels, and you got to put together another good season. You got to put together another one after that, and then you know you'll win some of those you win some of those battles, but to just expect just to beat those guys down um, and just take all the players that they wanted right now, that's, that's, that's just not realistic. Not in Hypo's coming off his first season. And my point in pointing out the stargazers is that those who only care about the recruiting rankings, they're not going to be happy with Aiden Bustle's commitment because he picked Tennessee over Kentucky and Vanderbilt. But I'm telling you, he is a good football player. Yeah. Yeah, and so you got, you got to understand where we are as a program, and it's easy to kind of look look, you know, another program inside the SEC and compare. But Tennessee is where it is right now, and Tennessee's not Texas A&M right now. Jimbo Fisher has been there multiple years, less drama, less turnover, and then you couple that with the unregulated NIL situation and how they have an endless amount of resources. So, And they've got, they picked up players who have plenty of stars next to their name who I guarantee you will not play like a five-star throughout their career. Yeah, so um, the, the, here, the, here in another you know, two years, Tennessee should be attracting and recruiting and expecting to get you know, five-star defensive ends and corners and things like that. But just to expect that, not saying you don't try, not saying that, you just, you know, you're just giving up. and No, you have to be strategic with your time and your efforts. Jeremy Pruitt came in, and all he did was go after five stars and didn't get any, and then missed out on the surefire players that he could have got because he was too busy trying to get the five stars. So then he ended up with guys on a roster that we have now that we're trying to run off. So, but I'm not worried about South Carolina, though, Turkey. Turkey man, we they're doing what we expected them to do, which was, you know, go to the portal, get better players, and um, I expect them to be better than they were last year. But I expect Tennessee to be damn good too, and that'll be a good game there in uh, Columbia. Eight six five two hundred fifty five, oh three. Let's go back to the phone. Who we got? Don. Don. Good morning. Morning, gentlemen. What's up? What's up? Oh, not a whole lot. I'm going to comment a little bit about Turkey Man and some of the discussion been having. Then mm-hmm. I've got a question for uh, Ben when I get done. Okay. Um, you know, people, you know, talking about the commitment history. The guy's not played his senior year in high school yet. Now, how many times I've, I've seen moaning and groaning about 
commitments that was taken like in their sophomore, junior year. By the time they play their senior year, their rankings are much different. In fact, you know, how many people, I mean, like 247 and Riles both, they re-rank. They'll be re-ranking all year next next fall, okay? So we don't know where this kid's going to end up. And examples of that is Pierce, who was a three-star on ESPN, and he's four-star on this one and that one. Now on three comes along, and he's a five-star. Hmm. Weird, huh? Yeah, and now, what's our history, too, when you think about it with some of the five stars we've had? Ain't been great. Uh, on the other hand, we get players littered all over the NFL fields that were three stars. Uh, you know, ones with the Steelers, our defensive back. Look Ward, Callaway, Jennings, and all these guys either have to sign free agents or get drafted in the seventh round and then go tire up the NFL. So it's, you know... Don't take just a bunch of guys' opinions as the gospel. Not not putting down, you know, the guys that are doing, you know, Ben, I know you're working with rivals and stuff, and Brent, I've followed him since he's a kid uh, and first got into that, went to rivals. But, uh, you know, people get too excited about things that don't count. Look at look at your basketball program right now. Who's the inspirational? Who, who made the comeback that night? Well, some kid nobody ever heard of until he signed, you know. So, uh, y'all were talking about <laughs> Ben not knowing who Bob Greasy was. Now, this I'm gonna have to preface what I'm was going to use for a, for a comparison because I got to ask you. I guess first off, do both of you all know who Paul McCartney is? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. It was it was so nice it was so nice of Kanye to do a song with him to help his career. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the reason I asked that when one of my kids was younger, they come home one day and just in casual talk said, "Hey, did you know Paul McCartney used to be in a band before Wings?" <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I said, "Yeah, I kind of did." <laughs> hey Ben. Yes, sir. You're. You're a Steelers fan. Let me ask you this: Uh-oh. Who's who's the most famous quarterback drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers and then was traded off and then become a Hall of Famer? Ooh, hmm. never really played for the Steelers. Well, this is going to be before my time because the only quarterback. Oh, it is. I, oh, I know our, our Big Ben and before Big Ben, he had some quarterbacks here Terry and there. Bradshaw. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw. What about Terry Bradshaw. But that ain't the one I'm talking about. I, I don't know who you're referencing. The 17th round draft choice for the Pittsburgh 17th Steelers round? Yeah, there was a lot of rounds back in the day. Yeah, there was wow. a lot of rounds back then. Yeah. The 17th round draft pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers in, I can't remember the exact year, but it's a really long time. You ever heard of Johnny Unitas? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, there you go. The I, did not, arm. I did not know he was drafted by the Steelers. I knew he was from yes, or was. born in Pittsburgh. But uh, yep. I did not know he was drafted by him. That's wild. He sure did. Never played. Went to the went to the coach and come. You know, at one time considered the greatest quarterback of all time. Mm-hmm. So uh, See, he was drafted uh, in looks like nineteen fifty five. Yeah, I was thinking the late fifties, but I guess it's yeah, that sounds like a that sounds like a Bush Jones move right there, man. Get a get a player. <laughs> he goes somewhere else, and he's great. Do you know what uh, team he played for for one season after the Colts? San Diego Chargers. That's right. Look at you. 
I'm an old man. <laughs> hey, listen. Let me tell you, I was looking through, somebody had put on, uh, I think it was on a, a rival side in uh, one of the uh, uh, general's quarters or something. They're just, and they were, t- you know, they were listing all the quarterbacks all the way back in the Super Bowl. And as a deal about how many SEC quarterbacks and all that went. And I am watching uh, the second Super Bowl, which I watched the first one. <laughs> I'll give you an idea as a kid, but I watched the first one. The second one, uh, Darryl, the Mad, the Mad Bomber, Daryl and Monica, playing for the Raiders. And I just really didn't realize he was only 26 years old when he did that. Uh, and it's like when Joe Willie won it with the uh, with the Jets. I knew he hadn't been out of school a long time, but I didn't realize he was like 25 uh, and everything. Well, the Super Bowl and, didn't come around until like the 70s, right? No, no, no. 60, 67 right. was the first Super Bowl. It was Kansas City Chiefs and the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. The first two uh, years, uh, the Packers were in it. Packers won it, and his former Alabama quarterback, Bart Starr. Yeah. So, yeah, there was uh, an awful lot of the uh, uh, those old guys, uh, you know, like that. Uh, and I know you're glad to be the age you are, but if you ever get a chance, and you probably have seen some of this on some of the stories they do on, like, ESPN and stuff, the whole Joe Willie name of predicting victory over the 17-point favorite coach, et cetera, that whole thing's pretty cool. If you haven't watched it, I know that I've seen it on, Quite a few different things over the years, but it was. I'll have it was to check it out. Joe. I like Broadway going back. Joe and, was something else. <laughs> yes, Broadway Joe was something else. He was for sure. Uh, he still is is something else. But I I have to go back and, and watch that because I like going back and watching documentaries on sports bef- before my yeah. time. I, I, the last one that I watched was on the uh, the the eighty six Mets and <laughs> the mm-hmm. debacle of all the characters on that team. So I'll have to yeah. make sure I go back and watch it because I, I do like that kind of stuff. Well, I know you're a basketball fan. Uh, somebody put a, a, a video or a picture last night. Um, said, so you think uh, basketball players have got some get-up now? And they had a picture of uh, Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain uh, going up, and his head basically was even with the top of the backboard. Wow. He was I the mean, man. Everybody... Yeah, Wilt to steal 100, 100 points. I don't care if he points. It's pretty hard to do in one game. Yep, yep, yep. Man, Kobe had 81 and still was, was 19 away. Uh, Don, thanks so much for the phone call. And the history history lesson today, man. I needed it. Yeah, really, really, really appreciate the phone call there. Um, on the text box before we wrap up today's show, I want to make sure we get to the text box and um, answer some questions and read off some comments. Can we get a breakdown of the three guys that's committed, the two athletes and uh, Bustle? We did talk about uh, Aiden Bustle in the first hour, but um, he he has the band. He has the length. You know, he has the measurables that you're looking for whenever you are going out and getting a, an offensive lineman. Um, got to have guys that can bend. You got to you want to have guys with long arms. It's not mandatory, but it's it's a it's an added bonus. Um, does he have a nice punch? Is he mean? Is he smart? You gotta have smart offensive linemen. And um, his coach claims that he is. Yep. You know, Bustle checks the boxes according to his coach, and I'm pretty sure Tennessee wouldn't take him unless they felt the same way. 
Um, the other two players that were committed are going to come on as, as prefer, preferred walk-ons, and um, both of them are uh, from the state of Tennessee. And Derek Taylor of Greenbrier um, High School uh, is going to come as a walk-on. He is 6'4", 196 pounds. He did pick up offers from Michigan State, and Austin P, and Eastern Kentucky, uh, Marshall, but he is going to come here as a preferred preferred walk-on. Um, and the other is Malik Gainaway, who is also an in-state player, uh, who was coming as a uh, preferred walk-on as, as well. He is from Trenton, Tennessee, Peabody High School. Uh, he had offers from UT Martin, Alabama A&M, uh, Bethel Lane College in uh, Missouri S&T. So, we did mention last week that the quality of preferred walk-ons has has improved. Has improved. And does that put you in line with the top 10 recruiting rankings and all that? No, but like you you the 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 better your team is from top to bottom, the better your season can go, the better the results. And it doesn't matter if it's walk-ons, it doesn't matter if it's scholarship players, like you want your team to improve. Like you want guys pushing each other. And if you can bring in preferred walk-ons um, to generate some more competition and, and push some guys while you're still maneuvering through the number game uh, because of the NCAA and things like that, like that's what you do. So if you had a choice to bring in a, a walk-on with no college offers versus a walk-on with college offers who is a better player, then which one would you do? I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Easy answer uh, there for you. That's like an open book test. So not going to you know, hype it up like Tennessee is you know, top five in recruiting or whatever like that, but there is a improvement in the quality of, of players that you bring into the programs that are our preferred walk-ons. But um, your offensive lineman that you picked up, that was a huge, huge need, and you won inside the state, which is important. I know a lot of people you know, pay attention to that. Perception is important. Tennessee, you know, there's a Tennessee player that, that committed to, to, to Kentucky. Was the player really high on the board? He was on the board, but there were so, several guys in front of them. Uh, in front, of, in front of you know the player that could that they committed to to Kentucky. Well, there's been two mid-state receivers to commit to Tennessee or uh, commit to Kentucky over the last handful of months. You had uh, Barry on Brown, who Tennessee elected not to pursue heavily, who is is going to Kentucky. I, I think they were fine with not bringing him in, and and then the most recent one was Shamar. Porter, who I, I do think Tennessee legitimately yeah. wanted. Tennessee wanted it, but he was he was a little bit further down yes. Tennessee's board. Yes. There were some guys out in front, uh, sure. in front of Shamar Porter from Innsworth, but, um, you know, he committed to Kentucky. But and Tennessee's still in a great spot when it comes to re- receiver recruiting in this upcoming class. And, and we've talked about Carnell Tate. 
Mm-hmm. We talked about Devin Hyatt. There, there's another mid-state receiver, Justin Brown, that Tennessee really likes. And, and I do think that Justin Brown um, was ahead of Shamar Porter, maybe not significantly, but uh, at, at least a smidge at minimum. But Tennessee's going Tennessee should be fine at, at receiver this recruiting cycle. Yep, you hope so because that's that's hey, that's where you, you made a lot of your bread and butter this past season. You had two guys go for seventy catches and uh, really really turned it up after the first two games, and that's kind of having to find out who could we who could we rely on at wide receiver and who we couldn't rely on. So uh, you got to make sure that that position is. Feel with dudes that can do what you want them to do. And I think I have a great understanding of what we want and what we're looking for at wide receiver, and you better be able to run. RLDs, as Coach Eckler would say. RLDs, real live dudes. Better be a real live dude. Whatever that means. Hey. Dogs, ballers. That's what he is saying. Um. You know, Jimmy's and Joe's. I mean, there's all kind of ways to say a really good player. Mm-hmm. There's all kind of cool and cute ways to 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 turn it and twist it to make it sound different than what what it really is. But it really is just good players. Yep. You better have some really good players. Simple, simple as that. Simple as that. Vaughnville says preferred walk-on talent is getting good. That helps us um, in practice. Yep, it does. It does help you. It does help you. Forty-four Vol. That's going to be tough to pull, man. That's going to be tough to pull. Uh, Vaughnville says most importantly, Bustle wants to be at Tennessee. Thousand percent. Uh, whether he's a guard, tackle. It depends on what this what the offensive line needs. With the, you know, we saw K Mays work at guard. We saw him work at tackle. If you're versatile, it's about well, can you play that position and what position are you going to play that's going to be the best for the entire unit? So where is he going to come in first? I'd say tackle. Let's try them out, man. We've got long arms and can bend. Let's try them out of tackle. Let's see. We could always start out and work in. Like, if you can't get it done on the outside, you don't have the bend. You don't have, um, you know, the, the ability to get a punch and move your feet. You don't – you like the quickness. Then we can always slide you in. I don't know if you see guys work from center to tackle. Mm-mm. They usually go from tackle in. So Let's start at tackle. Let's try them out of tackle. Let's see what we can do, man. That's the most important position on the offensive line as far as pass protection and protecting the quarterback's blind side. And right now, tackle is a, a big need for Tennessee. Tennessee, Texas A&M tonight, Ben. You got Tennessee covering the 11 points? Ooh. I I really don't know. You I got think, Tennessee getting the dub, though, right? Yes, I, I think Tennessee wins. Uh, I just I don't trust this, this Tennessee team, but a and not very good offensively. So, I'll, I'll say, I'll say they do, but I don't feel good about it. I mean, I, I think they barely cover. I think it'll be a close game, and then maybe they they pull away late. What's your bold statement 
for this game, man. Are you ready, ready to make a bold statement, bold prediction for— Josiah Jordan James is going to be Tennessee's best three-point shooter tonight. Oh, he was the best one against Texas. I got a bold— Watch him go over 12 now. <laughs> I, got a, I got a bold prediction. Zakai Ziegler will be the leading scorer. Okay, okay. And you got you got two, I got three six two guards. They go with three guard lineup to six two. I think that's going to benefit Tennessee. It allows Tennessee to kind of match it with a smaller guard lineup. And Zakai Ziegler will play more minutes. He'll be more uh, aggressive. Uh, he'll be able to finish at the basket a lot easier than um, in other games. I think he's going to. Um, Put up more points than anybody else on Tennessee's team. I think this is going to be the Josiah Jordan-James game. Coming off of Saturday's heartbreak, double-double, Tennessee's leading scorer, the JJJ game. Yeah, it's perfect for him. Yeah, it really is, man. Tonight, 7 p.m., Tennessee, Texas A&M. We will be back tomorrow to talk about it all. Hour 3, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Reinventing men's health care. Peace and love. We are out. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue.